I know many of you have heard the term e-design. It's much more of a buzzword now, especially since COVID. But do you know what it really means? What it really means to you? What it really means to your wallet? Well, we're going to break it down today. Plus, you're going to hear the story of how I began my e-design journey. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. Want to know what I was frustrated by with interior design? You're not going to believe it, but it's the same things you are. That's right. You heard it. I know you were feeling it too. The intimidation, just the overwhelm. It's expensive. There is no flexibility in your shopping, how the discounts work on and on and on. I heard it for years and then Something happened one day. It was like a light bulb went off. I had been doing this for a dozen years and I had a client and this model, this business model that I've just referred to that most designers use just really wasn't working. And this client, it really wasn't working for them. And I understood why. And I actually came back to the office and said, I think there's another way to do this. I think that designers really don't have a business model that is customer centric. And here's what I'm thinking I could do. And as I came back to my office and told the three people working in the studio that day, my thoughts in unison, they turned their heads looked at me and said, you're crazy. That will never work. So I'm here to tell you a hundred rooms later, it works. I'm here to tell you because they said that I didn't act on it or do anything for about two years. I happened to work on it prior to COVID. It just so happened the people I helped are one, people moving from the city to the suburbs, and two, the other idea about this new service was to have it digital. Well, both of those things happen to work really well with COVID, and that was a big help. But after COVID, it's still just as popular. And the reason is this. I get it. To have the pressure to feel like it's somebody else's taste that's going to be imposed upon you, to feel like someone's hanging over you saying, I need a check now for everything, to not be able to really shop on your own and scour and explore the internet, to not just take the time from the designer and pay for their time, but it's taking time out of your schedule every meeting that you have. I thought, well, how can we mitigate the time for the client? How can we give the client freedom to feel like they can have what they want, shop on their own time and their own dime within their budget, 
and just make it feel accessible. And so my room service was born out of really listening and then having one customer that sort of was the tip of the iceberg where I didn't want to fight against anybody's disappointment anymore. There was no reason to. I had all the skills to be able to help. I had all the skills to be able to make the room successful, to make it an easy experience, to make it a comfortable experience, and to make it fun. And this business model was fighting against all of those things that I naturally brought to the table to help you. And so my digital room service was born and continues to really thrive for that reason. And maybe this was all nonsense to me a lot sooner than to other people, because you see, I'm basically a down-to-earth girl. I grew up in Maine, and I grew up in a lovely suburb. It was cultured. It was sophisticated. I grew up in the antique business. I was exposed early on to a lot of things. But in Maine, we're down to earth. We're humble. We don't get any attitude. We don't get any ego. You work hard. You use your skills. You do what you do to help people. And I didn't want to force a design model that was uncomfortable for the client because in my prior careers, everything was customer centric. Everything I did, I worked for luxury brands like Tiffany and Company, Neiman Marcus. I worked in another sales position of marketing where the customer was paramount. And I thought this has to then come back in. This is not only by nature how I am, but also how I was trained in my past careers. And it just felt right to me. You have to listen to your customers. You have to meet them where they are. It's not about where you are and then force you into something that is uncomfortable. So you see, I knew I wasn't crazy, but it stopped me in my tracks for a bit. And it took me a little bit of time to work on it and pivot. And I introduced it, I perfected it, and it's where it is today with over a hundred rooms designed. We continue to listen to our clients and modify where needed so that it works seamlessly for you because that's the entire point. It's gotta be something that helps you, that assists you, that's good value for you, and that gives you solutions to your problems. So all of those elements are everything that I have tied into this service. Now, having said that, there's a population of you that I've been chatting with on social media, and because I've really been listening, there's definitely a place in the market for something that is less expensive than my room service, but that you still want help with that is offered digitally. And it could be if you're a DIYer, it could be if you maybe want to hire a designer and need some advice. It could be you have a room you're working on and you need help with the space planning. It could be you're confused by all the things you've saved on Pinterest. It could be a few different things. And what it is now is a second e-service where it's a one hour for $249 where we can tackle a problem you have and come up with a solution. So it's called a 
micro session, a design micro session solution session for $249. So you get me one-on-one. It's it's that scenario where you say, wow, I wish I could just meet with a designer and pick their brain for an hour. Well, that's kind of this, but we can really tailor it specifically so that our hour is used efficiently and productively for you so that you leave that hour with oh, wow, I really have a better sense now of what to do, whether you're going to do it on your own, hire a designer or somewhere in between. And what I've done with that service is after we conduct it and you get a recording of it so you don't have to take copious notes, if you decide, you know what, I really think I would like to do the full e-service and have the room done, I actually give you a credit of $249 to the larger service. So I'm really excited about it. We're taking bookings now, and it just makes it, again, simple, easy. It's even something that, like I said, if you're going to hire a designer in person in your area or somebody other than myself, I can even guide and help you with, you know, organizing that for you, what questions to ask, whatever it is. It's really about me being able to provide you with help and making this less overwhelming and more understanding. So trying to keep up with the changing landscape. And you know, that's an important thing as a business owner. The internet and digital have changed all that technology is growing rapidly and AI is going to be changing that and we're looking toward AI as well. So you know, you've got to keep up and offer things that work for you. And that's where I'm centered is you, the client and seeing where your frustrations lie and how I can resolve that. And that's what these services do. As a business owner and an entrepreneur, it's about coming up with creative solutions that work for you, that benefit you, and that solve a problem, period. So I'm here to take my expertise, solve a problem, because I grew up in careers where every company that I worked for was customer-centric. It was all about the customer, the customer experience, the customer service, everything. And that's never left me. So now that I have my own business, it really fits with who I am as a very down-to-earth person and as I like to call myself, the down-to-earth designer. So I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad you're here for the podcast. This is a new season. It's launching on YouTube as well, so you can watch a video of the discussions as well as listen. We try to bring on expert guests for you in combination with solo episodes for me so that you can get information that helps and guides you. So... With that, we're about to dive into a great conversation with Molly Cody, who is also a designer working with eDesign, and we are talking about how eDesign is here to stay. So it's a good transition if you look back in my story where really nobody was doing it, I was ready to do it. After some time, I finally developed it. It really took off with COVID, et cetera, and now it's become commonplace. So here we go with a conversation with me and Molly to learn more about the benefits of eDesign and more specifically how it can help you. Here we go. Today I have with me Molly Cody. Molly is a realtor and an interior designer. In fact, she was ranked one of the top eight interior designers in Kansas City. Molly has a wealth of experience in real estate, remodeling, short-term rentals, and interior furnishing and styling. With her expertise in eDesign, she has successfully serviced clients in over 13 states. Molly's passion for interiors began at a young age as she purchased her first house at the age of 24 and went on to own property in four states by the age of 30. Her interior showmanship and minor cosmetic upgrades resulted in one of her personal homes selling 
for $100,000 more than the original purchase price. She's intentional in her designs, putting function first and incorporating neutrals and cohesion in every project. Her current passion project is a short-term rental in eastern Tennessee to be called Turtle Dove Treehouse. And we're going to get into that too. So welcome Molly and here's all the things we're going to chat about. Hey, Molly, I'm so happy to have you with me today. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is going to be a great conversation, an important one and a relevant one. But let's just start. Tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I live in the Kansas City area and I do e-design virtually, also design in person here. And then I'm also a real estate agent which is great. So we're going to primarily talk about e-design, but toward the end, we're going to chat a little bit about you with real estate and a very current topic there as well. So yeah, let's dig in. I mean, e-design, as you know, I have an e-design service and I started to develop it actually before COVID. It's just that by the time it was all ready to launch, it was just about around the time COVID hit. And so it became so popular, which was ironically, a great time to launch it, but it was not planned to launch like that. And it's been really successful. I mean, I think I've done over a hundred rooms like that. And I really developed it again, not so much of COVID and being remote with people, but just trying to simplify the process because I think so many people need design help. They need help from a professional, but it's so overwhelming. And there's a lot that comes with in-person design that you can kind of do away with with e-design and I find get the same result. Definitely. So I think, you know, and obviously it's not just you and I that are doing it. As you can see online, e-design is available through a lot of different ways, whether it's an individual firm like you and I have or bigger companies or bigger platforms. And I really believe it's, you know, it's ubiquitous for sure. And I think it's really here to stay and grow even more. So let's talk a little bit about your take on that too. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think a big part of it for me too, is just, just like you're saying, get rid of a lot of the fluff that comes with in-person design and even working with clients in person here, we still end up using all of the same processes. It's maybe just like the initial meeting we do in person, but Yeah. When you start talking to different firms or business owners, they're taking their clients from showroom to showroom or showing them every last option in the book. And a lot of times that is not what people are looking for post-COVID, especially. Yeah. I mean, it can be kind of like a daunting process and especially if someone's never used a designer and then every designer works a little differently. So then they're trying to figure and navigate that part out. And you know, the time it's just, there's so many things. So let's talk about kind of who e-design is good for and who it's not good for. I think I've told you, you know, I don't, no matter what service I'm doing, I don't force anybody into any of my services. You have to be, you know, comfortable and want to do it. So even with e-design, like I'll have a you know, discovery call. And like I had one client say, you know, I just really want somebody at my house a couple times a week with physical samples. And I'm like, great, then you want in person. Do you know what I mean? But I will tell you that out of all the calls I've had in three years, I've maybe had two calls like that, where somebody really just wants that. Because the one thing I'll say before we dig in on like who it's for and who it's not is that 
the in-person interior design business model is a little bit archaic in some ways and mm-hmm. how it works. And I, I didn't find it that client friendly. And so I sort of took an approach like after doing in-person design for so many years, how can this be more client friendly? And for me, that's kind of how mine was born. And then COVID just kind of like let it blossom. But you and I spoke, you know, a bit and and it's so, yeah, it's not going to be for everybody. So on your take, who do you think it is for and who isn't it for? Sure. I think truly it's for people who just value the service and convenience. Mm-hmm. A lot of my clients are busy professionals or I know a lot of yours are moms, right? But they're working full time. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And I've had, I will say either it's, you know, very busy professionals, or maybe it's a stay at home mom, but likely the kids are the busy. They're in all these different activities. There's volunteer stuff. Yeah. Full time stay at home moms equally, if not more, but yeah, absolutely. Time is a, yeah, is a commodity. Yeah. So that is Probably the primary and another huge category, which I think we'll talk about later, is short-term rentals and investors in that kind. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, if the only other thing I found of somebody who might not be for is I had one call where the person just wasn't very comfortable using a lot of technology and being on the computer. Okay. So that's fair too. So, but if you're comfortable, if you use Pinterest, which so many people do, and you're on there anyway, looking for your house and you're ordering things online anyway, e-design's really for you. I mean, what I discovered was the result that I give the client from an e-design service is the same result they get from in person, but it's, it's a lot less money because I charge less for it mm-hmm. and it's way less time for the consumer. Yeah. I've even started listening to them about, and I started, well, I did start doing virtually. And that's, you know, when I started my business, it was a lot of virtual straight from the get-go. But over time, listening to them and even learning that they're so strapped for time, they don't want these 12 different payment structures. They want simplicity and streamlined and clarity. And ultimately, they want the end result again, without all the fluff. Right. And it's, you know, I have a turnaround time on mine of two weeks or less. And when I'm working in person, it takes so much longer. It's so much more of the client's time because I'll have to be there at least once a week and it's their time to go through samples and meet with me. Whereas on the e-design, we meet once and then I do everything and then they have like a follow-up meeting if they need it. But it's so much less time for them And the only misnomer I'm finding with it is people think, well, so it's less time. So my price does reflect that. But it doesn't mean that when you offer e-design, what I want to make clear to people listening is that it doesn't mean you're not working with an experienced designer. So I went to school, I have 15 years of experience. So you're still working with an experienced designer and you are still paying the way you do in person for somebody's expertise and professional opinion. Yes. It's not just, and it is their time. I mean, we do spend up to 20 hours per e-design project to put it together. And some people don't realize the time behind the scenes to put it together either. So I just want to like mention that because in our industry, for whatever reason, price always seems like negotiable or like, why do I need to pay you? Which I still can't figure out to this day, but a lot of us have paid for degrees and we have overhead. We have people that work for us. We have a website we run the list goes on. So, you know, that's interesting, but 
yeah, I think like anything else, if something, if something just doesn't feel comfortable for you to do, then don't. But for me, the majority of people have done it and absolutely loved it. And it's just been like a breath of fresh air. Yep. I say that so often, that exact term, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because it truly is just getting you the end result in a relatively simple way. Yeah. Stress free. There are, you know, some services like you're saying that I think are just targeted, you know, without a whole lot of experience too. And with that, you know, you don't know what kind of lead times you're getting, what kind of qualities. So I think like you're saying with the experiences, you're giving that trust of not wanting to spend the time seeing every last option and giving the trust to people who are familiar with the items and the trade and really providing a good experience and good quality everything. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, they're still getting a curated design. It's not every design we do is different. I work on it just as I would if I was working with somebody in person. Like I take into account what are their needs, what are their limitations, on and on. And so it's very curated and customized still, which I think that's what makes it unique. They're still getting that personal attention. Yeah. And I'm actually able to turn the design around quicker because I sort of have, instead of being interrupted with sort of constant meetings and constant trips to the client, I can kind of sit down and really hammer it out. And it just, Mm -hmm. it's just a better result. Yeah. And what I realized too, in talking to some local designers who have been doing this in person for a long time is I didn't realize so many of them are not giving the deliverables that we give. So a lot of times students aren't even seeing a visual of what the room is going to look like altogether. Oh, wow. Make or break, you know, you can look at a room altogether and love everything in it, or you can look at each individual piece and maybe have some questions or confusion. So Definitely. I really love that the deliverables, in a sense, feel higher. Definitely. We've just been naturally chatting about, you know, what are the benefits of e-design? When you and I were talking, and it's, I'm kind of, it's escaping me now, but there were a couple you brought up that were so good. I mean, time is definitely a huge one. Saves time for the customer. For me, price, you get a better price through e-design. My in-person's way more expensive. It's much more of my time. Yep. So there's that. And then I don't know if you remember, there were a couple that you mentioned that were so good. Yeah. To me, it's it's the convenience of, mm-hmm. and it's lifestyle. I think we all have totally shifted priorities in the last couple of years that mm-hmm. you're able to invest that time elsewhere. Also, maybe this was one of them. A lot of people don't want to be spending their weekends roaming the aisles with a crowd of people and you know, screaming kids everywhere right. on Saturday and your limited time off. So I know that's a huge reason that my clients tend to do it. Yeah. So the other benefit that I think too, is that with traditional design, with the way the business model is for most interior designers and the way I had to run it too, that I sort of wanted to do away with, it was like, I had to order everything for them. And you're kind of standing over the client. Like I need a check now for all of this because we have to prepay our vendors and whatever. And with the e-design, I think what is so nice is that I can spec everything out and they can go online and use their credit card and just pop it in and feel like comfortable. And, you know, there's still things that I order from time to time for clients, but for the most part, they have that flexibility. So they also have the flexibility of like, 
I don't have to order it all at once. I can just order these two things now. And then next month when I have more money or in three months when I have more money, I've even done e-design for someone who they had bought the house, but they weren't moving in for a few months. And this way they had the plan so that when they were ready to order, it was just all ready to go and execute. Yeah. But, you know, the flexibility with using the internet and embracing the internet, you know, as he, I think designers need to embrace the internet is, you know, obviously here to stay. And then some, you know, clients don't realize I did a whole episode about it, but like, you know, the designer discount is barely in existence anymore because the Mm -hmm. online pricing has matched it. If not below, Mm -hmm. there was one thing I quoted and because we have to pay such a hefty shipping rate, my price was going to come in higher because on the internet, they incorporate free shipping in the price, but they're buying in such volume. People don't realize we don't get the bottom price in the ladder. The stocking retailers get a price, big wholesalers get a different price. So we're not at the bottom of the rung there as far as the pricing. And that seems to also be another huge misnomer in the business. But I I do think like my clients have loved the flexibility of just, Mm -hmm. okay, I can go online when I'm ready. There's no pressure. There's no one sort of hovering over me, right? I think another topic to that point is maybe the concern that there isn't the standard installation process. And Mm -hmm. with that, I said, so many companies have wonderful white glove delivery services too. Really good. Yep. So you're maybe putting together like the bedding or, you know, lamps, simple stuff, but the bulk of it can be installed for you. And again, stress free and you're saving that money in other places to spend on the white glove. Yeah. Cause with my e-design, I give tips and I'll be like, when you order, you know, select white glove mm-hmm. if it's available. And I give kind of tips for when furniture comes in damage and what to do and things like that. But it's definitely less expensive and more time efficient on that end of the spectrum as well for mm-hmm. both the designer and the customer. So, I mean, to me, it is such a win-win. I've even had clients where I'm like, if you really want me in person, I will charge you. But honestly, we are going to get the same result. Yes. So if you want to, you know what I mean? And some have been like, okay, well, let's give it a shot. And I was like, if we give it a shot and it's not right for you, because this was like a local client, I'm like, you won't lose money. Like the design's paid for and I'll come to you and like the extra time will just add on. And I sent it over and they were like, oh my God, this is perfect. This is so easy. Yes. Yeah, no self-explanatory because we can give the tools everything they need. Oh, another one was a lot of my clients love not having to prepare for us to come over. That was it. That was it. Yes, they're not having to clean. They're not stressed about the dog, all the things. It's so nice. So it can really be a quick meeting and that's it. Every, it's funny you said that because so every time I go to a customer's house, I feel like it's when we go to the hairdresser and I'll yeah. always like go to my stylist and be like, oh, I really do. I really make it look much better than I did today. Right. We're always telling them. And it's so funny because I'll go to someone's house and like, I'm so sorry. Like it's a mess. And, and I'm like, it's okay. Like you're living here. I, and I'll say oftentimes, like I left my house and it's a mess too. Like I was rushing out myself and I've got dishes in the sink. Like, don't worry about it. But I think that's huge because I have noticed people feel a ton of pressure when they know we're coming over. Yeah. And I, I hate that. Like, I don't want people to feel like that. 
I finally had a client tell me that it was a vulnerable thing for her to have me. And it took a while to even have me because it felt so vulnerable showing me. And that was kind of the final straw where I'm like, you know what? Every time I go, they say, oh, my house isn't clean when you know they were just cleaning it. And it's just like, so I've also, if I'm doing stuff in person, I've started to say, hey, don't clean. Or if they're sending in photos, don't clean. Just as is, it's great. Yeah. I mean, people don't understand, you know, and I was actually just talking about this the other day because I woke up the other morning. I was just the night before I was so tired. Uh-huh. And I woke up the other morning and I had like garbage that needed to go out and dishes in the sink and the dog had made a mess. And I, you know, and I was trying to tell people like it happens in my house too. It's life and you need to live in your house. But, and I was giving tips on like, well, how can you make it easier when that happens? But people I think feel really judged by us, which is too bad. I, I you know, but I get it. I get it. And I do think it does take, I, I think to your point, it just takes so much stress away in general. Yeah. having an e-design. It's just, there's a lot of stressors for clients and it just alleviates all that, which I, and then because that's alleviated, I almost find the project can go smoother because people feel more relaxed. And yeah. so it's almost easier to discuss with them their wants and needs and they don't feel pressure about the budget. They don't feel pressure that, you know, I'm in their house looking at their stuff or judging with the way something looks. And I just think it's, Yeah. I just can't say enough about it, obviously. Yeah. And even like you're saying, if there were things that they weren't ready to purchase yet and just wanted to purchase a little bit slower than maybe we would prefer, there's not that pressure either of, yeah, you're paying for the design, but you don't have this huge financial burden to be buying every last thing in there if something comes up. Exactly. Or like if you want to break it up or I even have people, they'll do multiple rooms at a time with me. So like each week we'll meet and we'll do multiple rooms. So they'll be like, all right, I'm going to like, I got my living room plan. I'm going to do that now. And then Jill did my dining room, but I'm going to, you know, order that in like a month or two, but at least I know the plans here. So yeah, yeah, it's just all around so much easier. And I think that's why it's been popular and why we see more and more of it and why it's not going to go away. No. I know you really want to ask a designer questions. I know you really would love that professional opinion, what to do. I know nothing goes off in your brain when you think about that, except the words expensive, intimidating. I won't have a choice. I'm here to tell you none of my services make you feel that way. But my newest service is probably the easiest and most affordable way to quickly get some answers. It is my solutions design micro session. That's right. And we can select a topic of your choosing, whether you're struggling with space planning, palette, cohesiveness, which items to buy, what not to buy. For $249, you can book that with me very easily. And we will spend one hour together and I will be your own personal design advisor for that solid hour. So link is in the show notes or check out my Instagram page or website. I hope to see you there. So having said that (laughs) about not going away and all this other stuff with AI coming onto the scene in everybody's industry and everybody's business, both personal business and, you know, working world. Let's talk about that. What do you think the effects of AI are going to be on maybe e-design? 
Mm-hmm. I had somebody recently ask me if I thought that that would take over our jobs. And my answer was no. I think it can be a tool for us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people aren't even familiar with it, first of all. And I'm sure there will be some really cool tools, mm-hmm. but it's just not the same as getting the full custom experience with the tips. And, you know, there's always going to be a heart behind it. So I think it makes a world of difference. Yeah, I mean, with AI, the little that I've explored it, not even for design, but for other things, it's missing a lot of nuance. Now, it's probably going to advance further. Mm-hmm. But I think something to consider on the consumer end is if they think, well, with AI, I can just like say this and it'll do my room up. But a lot of people don't even know how to describe what they want. And if you don't describe it very particularly to AI, it won't know what to grab. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. I think like anything else that's come up as a business owner, I'm just going to adapt. So, I mean, look, people didn't think much of the internet and still, I feel in our industry, designers still haven't fully embraced that as far as where people purchase. I have Mm -hmm. fully and then some embraced that and that's not going away. AI could be just as ubiquitous, but I will adapt. And I do think it's going to be a great tool, like you said, to maybe enhance what we are able to do. But Mm -hmm you know, consumers don't always, they don't always know what they want and they need a human to sit down with them, ask a series of questions and figure that out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I think too, maybe comparing it to Pinterest Mm -hmm. for consumers, it can be another like source of inspiration, but Mm -hmm. all the time you see a Pinterest photo and aren't quite sure why your space didn't turn out exactly like that. And we can give you, we know the things that will take it from, you know, the current to more like the inspiration photos. Yeah. And, you know, we may know of certain resources that are unique for unique ways of doing things. I think with anything that comes out, especially in technology, it has this double-edged sort of, it can enhance or it can hurt, right? And I think as a business owner, I just lean into the part where it can enhance. Because I mean, you could look at the internet and have gone, okay, well, that's going to just kill procurement for designers. And maybe it did. But what's the enhancement? Well, I came up with a service where, fine, let consumers use it. It doesn't cut my job out. It actually is better for my job because I'm being paid now for my expertise, not for my discount that barely exists anyway. I think it's like anything else, you know, social media has a double-edged sword. It can do a lot of good. It can do a lot of harm. I think we're going to see the same thing with AI. And I think with AI, it'll be interesting to see like what regulations come into play because it's going to be sort of like plagiarism, right? So like, you know, if somebody tries to write a book, all AI, are they going to regulate that and disclose this was written with AI, not from an author? And I think for you and I too, is the design an original design or are you going to have to disclose it was an AI design? So, I mean, I think all this is still yet to be seen, but I Mm -hmm. think we need to prepare for it because I think it's going to be as, you know, broad as the internet. Yeah, I don't don't think it's going to go away. So (laughs) we might as well. Yeah. So I think they're figuring out, you know, in certain areas, does it need regulation? So because I guess if you did write a book, let's say somebody wrote a book from cover to cover, you know, should it be disclosed that book was written with chat GPT? 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and the author, right? Because they were, you know, or can someone just really put their name to it? I think everybody's going to have to figure that out. It's going to come up in the, you know, a lot of different fields. That is wild because you really do have to know how to prompt it and give it more and more information. You do. So there are probably some things that people are going to really excel at and they should because they've spent the time into doing it and utilizing it as a tool. So yeah, I think it's going to be like you said, it's going to be a tool, whether it takes over everything, you know, that is really yet to be seen. It is it's not nuanced enough. I know it will get more nuanced, but will it ever really get nuanced to the point where it can infuse that personal touch? I don't know. That's right. That's the big question mark. Yeah. But I think it's something to talk about and, you know, think about. It'll be interesting to see. And maybe you and I'll have a future podcast yeah. where we look back on this and be like, whoa, we never even imagined. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll never forget. I think it was on the Today Show when the, and I'm a bit older than you, so this will date me a little bit, but on the Today Show when the internet was really just here, and uh -huh. I think it was Katie Kirk, and she was like, okay, so what, she looked at her co-anchor and she was like, so what is this WWW worldwide, you know? And really at the time, because I lived it, it did feel like that. It was like, well, what is that? And are, we're not really using that. And then here it is, and we're thinking like, how did we ever live without it? So that could happen with AI. I mean, it okay. could, but you know, again, the internet is limited too, right? It, but it's a tool for all of us. Right. So I don't know. I just think it's fascinating to discuss it. I completely agree. So anyway, let's segue into your job as a realtor. And I know you're focusing on another really hot segment for designers, which is short-term rentals. So that could be an Airbnb, a VRBO. I'm tipping my toe a little bit in that water as well with a little hospitality package that I want to try out. But I think it's an interesting and definitely becoming more and more popular avenue. So from your real estate background and design, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Sure. Well, I don't actually think I mentioned this to you before, but just kind of a passion project that I'm getting started now is I have land in Tennessee. So I'm going to be building my own short-term rental. Awesome. Um, yeah, which I'm so excited about. But I have done for a couple people, investors in different states, complete e-design of the whole short-term rental. And one of the times we completed the whole design process and I decided I have a reason to go out to where this property is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and do the install and the full shebang. Sure. So I actually went installed the whole thing down to the toilet paper, the silverware, had it locked and loaded. I've had my own short-term rentals before, so I felt pretty good about that. Yep all before the owners ever even saw the house. They bought it. We went through the process. So they never saw the home until it was completely ready to go and be rented out. It's so great. I mean, so that's just another great application for e-design because, you know, you could have a rental. You could be, you know, a homeowner that has a rental in another state, you know, because I mean, that's the thing with e-design. I help everybody all over the country. You can help anybody no matter where they are. And like in your case, if it's someplace that you can get to, you know, yeah. like I want to test mine out in an area that I can get to as well that I can frequent if I need to. But yeah, I think that it's really a new avenue for designers, for realtors. 
some designers like yourself, I know, are investing in their own VRBO property. And what they're doing is like, you can kind of brand it, which is cool. Totally. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, and I will be hopefully doing some of that. But I also have recently talked with somebody about you can provide e-design services to realtors as well when they're getting ready to list homes or people getting ready to sell their homes that want to make sure it's positioned to profit. So I that was kind of eye-opening to me and I'm in real estate and I still hadn't done that for other people. So yeah, no, that's another great avenue, I think, for it. And I think that benefits the home seller, the home buyer, the realtor, the designer. Again, it's one of those just kind of win-win scenarios that, you know, e-design allows a lot of these capabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, so good. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of never ending. The list kind of can go on of how it can be applied, where it can help. And it just you know, because you can make the service what you want. And I think that's, that's really great. The thing too, with Airbnb, I don't know what the statistics are. You and I talked briefly, I don't know if there is one yet. But it is in general terms known that if you use a designer for your VRBOs, your Airbnbs, you will increase your bookings and you can increase your rate. Yes, there are studies. I don't know them off the top of my head. But I have even seen recent posts with them. It's a well-known thing. And I would even argue that with going to sell your personal home too. I mean, that's obviously well-known. 100%. And it's interesting. I was looking at a, a summer rental in a place we normally go over the summer. The rental we usually have, we didn't take this year because we can't stay as long because we're doing another trip. But I was looking for something for a shorter time. And... I found this one and I knew that I knew where it was because I had walked past it a lot of days and it's really cute from the outside. And on the inside, the decor was like an explosion, you know, when there's just too much stuff and it was a small space and the decor wasn't necessarily bad, but there was way too much of it. Like the window treatments were just a little bit too busy. It was just a little too cluttered. And I thought I could literally even go in there and like edit what she has. Totally. And so this was interesting because it's in a town where typically July now is fully booked. You can't get anything. And the first two weeks of July were available for this rental. Okay. And I'm like, My goodness. that shouldn't be because her location is primo. I yeah. know her location. And and the realtor that I work with, I called her because we were thinking of renting it. And I said, you know, I got to tell you. And I told her and I was like, honestly, this would be booked already. Like it, it would take no time, you know? Yeah. And so it was just a good example of a place where it's like, it's small. It just had too much going on. It could be totally refined. And I could have that place looking like a little gem in a second. And that would have already in February when all the other ones got booked, that would have already been booked. Like the fact that the first two weeks in July were available for this rental was Uh nonsense because the location is great. So it was just interesting. It was just a good example of, of looking at something and going, that person could have this A booked and B could be asking more money if they yeah. do it up. And it doesn't take a huge investment to get there is the point. No, because so often it's just removing things and then tweaking some other stuff. It's not always, you know, going and getting the most expensive furniture and everything you can do. No, like this needed some tweaking and then maybe a little home goods run. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. 
And I don't know, do you, as a realtor, and I don't know if you have clients that have rentals, do you feel like, is there a feeling like, oh, well, it's just a rental, so I don't want to put a lot of money into it because it does get a lot of use and abuse type thing? Because I was wondering if that's like a challenge of it. People not understanding that you can get really stylish things affordably. I'm just curious if you have a take on that. I think that it's kind of a benefit because I would say in those situations, there's always, I would even say a more clear budget where I think a lot of us, when we're doing a space in our home. It's like, I want to spend this, but I maybe would go up to that. And if I fall in love with things, I will. Investors have very clear budgets. So sometimes you do need to get a little tricky on how to squeeze everything in. But we're the people who know where to find the affordable, like high impact items. Yeah. Yeah. Or stuff that's going to take the abuse. Like what's, you know, there's definitely things that are more commercial grade, right? So you know, like obviously a sofa that you put in a rental, you're going to want a fabric that can withstand or a slip. One of the rentals we were in, actually she had slip covers and she would just clean them and they were pretty light colored. And I have to say, even us staying there with our small dog, it didn't really get that dirty. And if anything got like a little, only because I'm just like a perfectionist when I leave, I want like, I want it left really nice, but like everything just wiped off really easy. But I remember the real estate agency told me she did slip covers and she'll just clean them a couple times a year if she needs to. But I will say out there to people who have rentals, don't toss it off as, well, that's just a rental, so whatever. Yes, in some regards, you're not going to want like the most expensive, whatever. But you do need to put money into styling it properly because you will be booked and booked at a higher rate. Mm-hmm. And the investment from somebody like me or Molly isn't massive at all. Like you will recoup that and then some. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I completed that one, their first review mentioned the decor. And I was like, yes. Yeah. So, and it, there is proof. So we've worked together since too. So. Yeah. And I know the ones where we go, like the ones that just have a little bit more upkeep on the decor. And again, it's not even like super high-end decor, but it's just like it works for that area and it's just fresh compared to some of the others. Those always rent out and book up first thing. And the rates at those are higher. Yep, that's true. So, I mean, it is very interesting. I mean, I just, this other place I kept looking at, I was like, man, I could like judge that up in like a half a day for her and she would just have that thing booked. You can offer to do that for the stay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, you want to barter? I'll stay there for a week and I'll redo your place. Because literally I was like, it was just a little gem of a place, you know? And I find projects like that really fun because you can just, you know, make something out of nothing. But mm-hmm. And leave a little piece of you. Yep. Let's wrap up with any websites or social media platforms. Let the audience know, and then we're going to put them in the show notes for you. Yeah. Instagram is awesome for me. It's at molly.cody. And then my website is www.worldwideweb.codyresidential.com. <laughs> yep. Great. Well, so we'll put all that in the show notes so everyone will know where to find you. And it's been so great chatting with you. And I'd love to have you on any other time as things kind of move along in the rental space. If you want to come on and talk just, and we'll do a whole show about that because that is just a booming segment for sure in so many ways for investors and everybody. It was so nice. We'll chat soon. 
I hope you enjoyed that conversation so much. And I hope you did take away that, you know, e-design is really a viable way for you to design your house. And if you work with the right designer, you get a very curated result. You get everything you need in order to execute it on your own. And it's less stress, less headache, less time, less money. I mean, all those things are a win-win, win-win in my book. So I hope that was a big takeaway for you. And in regard to short-term rentals, that is a huge growing segment. So for designers, that should interest you if you're an investor, if you're a homeowner and you're considering or already have a short-term rental. The design of that is really important as we discussed. And we know cost is a factor like it is in every home design, but that shouldn't prevent you or make you discount the fact that you shouldn't do it. It is shown that these rentals that are designed aesthetically more pleasing do increase their booking rate and increase their overall nightly and weekly rates. So I hope that gave you some insight. As always, I want to be here to help you learn more. And like I always say, if there's a topic you want to hear about, please reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram, email me, go to my website, however you choose to. Always happy to get feedback and things that you're interested in talking about. So it's always a treat to be here and share with you from my home to yours. I will see you here soon. Thank you. If you like what you're hearing on Welcome Home to the Suburbs, I would be so appreciative if you would support the show. The best way to support the show is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I would be so appreciative, and I hope you will leave us a review. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.